0: welcome to worship at the park (laughs) we're here at the bellevue downtown park and where is everybody just kidding my name is pradeep and i'm Amrita, and we're the pastors of kalos church and we're so honored to be able to speak today for worship in the park yeah what is worship in the park Mm -hmm. well
1: we just want to let you know that for the last several years. This has been a beautiful two-day event where the churches of Bellevue come together and serve our community. We go into the schools and help the teachers get ready for the school year. We do housing projects. There's so many beautiful things. It's called Jubilee Serve Day. And that usually happens on a Saturday. And then on Sunday we come together and we worship together here in the park as one body. Well, like most things this year due to COVID-19 and the restrictions on being together. We uh, weren't able to do our traditional two-day event, but I can assure you that we are still the body of Christ. We still love our community, and today Mm -hmm. we are going to worship God all together
0: in one spirit. Amen, amen. So many things have changed in 2020. It feels like we went into this new decade, this new year with optimism, a clean slate, and then it quickly turned into mourning and anguish, and we all deal with that emotion that reality in various ways you know we have two young kids and people ask us how are you dealing with quarantine with kids at home and when that happens we just show them this picture of Tom Cruise and this is exactly how we're dealing with it we just laugh like we're Tom Cruise and to be honest a lot of people think I look like Tom Cruise right honey no, oh, well, anyways, <laughs> let's jump into the scripture and we want to share a tool that can help us deal with all of this in a healthy way. There's a story in the book of Luke where Jesus goes from a time of rejoicing on Palm Sunday. People are celebrating yeah. him as king, they're singing loud praises, but then a few verses later, it goes into a time of weeping, much like our 2020. Let's turn to Luke 19 and start in verse 35. It says, and they brought it to Jesus, and throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. As he was drawn near, already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen. So they're rejoicing, they're celebrating, and here is where it switches in verse 41. And when he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, Would that you, even you, had known on this day that things that make for peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground you and your children within you.
1: Isn't it crazy that Jesus went from Mm -hmm. this time of celebration. It was good. And then all of a sudden things changed so drastically. I wonder if you feel that way Mm -hmm. as well. Jesus wept over Jerusalem He was heartbroken. He was heavy Mm -hmm. over what was going on, what was about to take place. And, you know, as we look at our state, as we look at our nation and the world, we are feeling very Mm -hmm. similar things. There's a lot to weep over, a lot to mourn over. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've got so many different issues going on. We've got the coronavirus pandemic. We've got racial injustice happening. We've got people losing businesses as everything is shut down. Our kids are home. We're trying to get work done. When will things go back to normal? And in the midst of that, we're mm-hmm. feeling heavy. Yes. We're feeling down. We're struggling to even just emotionally be healthy. Yeah. And so there's a lot of weeping. There's a lot of mourning. I wonder if you would say, you know what? I feel all those things to you. I struggle in this time and I feel like
0: weeping the way Jesus wept. Yeah, and I, I am angry at the heavy things of coronavirus, but to be honest, I'm angry at coronavirus for some of the trivial matters. For example, my barber was not considered an essential service in the early days of coronavirus. And so I had to go out to the store, buy some Norelco clippers and figure out how to give myself a quarantine cut. And now look at me! Look at this! This is not a good fade, and you might be thinking, Ben, you're so handsome, you obviously work out, you look really good, but I wanna let you know I am not a professional barber, and if you look at the side of my head, if you look behind, it's not pretty. I wanna show you right, no, I can't do it. I can't show you, because it's so bad. And so, yeah, we're angry about these heavy things, but some of these trivial matters, they're not good, and I don't know how to deal with it, and I am upset with it, and if you're watching this, my barber, Ban, I miss you. I love you. I don't know where you've gone since the quarantine, but please come back. We love you. We miss you.
1: <laughs> you know, all of us struggle with pain very differently. This yes. has been a painful season, even if it's about a haircut. Yes. There's just a lot of painful things happening. And there are some of us, we give in to sadness. We give in to the pain. We just kind of get overcome and overwhelmed by it. And then another of us, we just sort of ignore pain. We yeah. don't even acknowledge that it's really happening. We just yeah. keep plugging through and we don't. Don't even it, it, even pretend that it exists right. at all you know there's some people you maybe know those people who mm-hmm. they're they may be sick and they've got a runny nose and they're losing their voice and you can definitely tell they're not feeling yeah. well and so you're like hey man you doing okay and they're like I'm fine I'm I'm blessed <laughs> I'm highly favored. <laughs> yes. And you're like, uh, okay, like yeah. they are clearly denying that they are sick yeah. and in pain. And then there are people that, man, are just so overwhelmed by pain. They're like doomsdayers. They're mm. like everything sucks, everything is over, God is not with us, you know, and it just feels like, you know what, I only have one garage full of toilet paper, I need more toilet paper than that, clearly, (laughs) you know, and they just (laughs) fall into this Viral right. that everything mm-hmm. is falling apart and I wonder today if you would say I kind of fall in one of those extremes yeah. where pain either overtakes me or I just don't even acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. I just don't even like to be somebody who uh, admits yeah. that I'm in pain. Well today we want to talk about a biblical principle, a way of dealing with pain that we believe really can help us as the church yeah. and to be honest this mm-hmm. is something that has happened all throughout the scriptures, all throughout history, and it's called lament or mm. lamenting. Yeah. And we want to share with you today that this is a biblical practice. In fact, there is a book of the Bible uh, that's actually called Lamentations, mm. and it's mm-hmm. all about this. So. As we look at how to deal with our pain, we want you to know that there's an act of faith that we can actually follow. So what does lament actually mean?
0: Well, lament is the prayer language of pain. It's a spiritual ouch. When I hit my foot against a rock, I say ouch for my physical pain. We can do the same thing spiritually. And when I say ouch for my physical pain, it's not me adopting a victim mentality. It's not me losing faith in God. It's not me believing that I will never experience wholeness again. It's just saying, in this moment, I'm feeling something and I'm going to express this ouch. Maybe you have a spiritual ouch right now, an emotional ouch. Well, lament is the prayer language of our pain. There's an example in the psalm, Psalm 13, where King David described as man, a man after God's own heart. Man of faith, he had seen many miracles, he had killed a giant, he had led God's people, and yet he writes some very raw, vulnerable, and and real words, maybe even some impolite words, as a prayer to God. Let's look at it in Psalm 13. He writes, How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall but I trust in your unfailing love my heart rejoices in your salvation I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me these are real raw vulnerable prayers they're not very polite they're questioning God but it's a lament you can be impolite raw, vulnerable, and real with your prayers to God. He can handle it. You know, my kids, especially in this quarantine, are two Mm -hmm. young kids. Mm They're constantly Mm -hmm. crying. You want to eat? When Okay. I want to sleep. What do you do? When I don't want to sleep. Wah! They're just constantly crying all the time. And sometimes we pray prayers like, I wish our kids would just be quiet. Hush! Shush your mouth. And then something happens where they fall off a stair or they stumble and they hit their elbow so hard that the pain takes over them and they can't even make one single sound. And their face is all distorted. They're obviously in pain. Pain, but they're in so much pain that they're not crying and in those moments our hearts as parents we're like oh I'm so sorry I take back all those prayers please just say something to me make a noise tell me what's going on daddy's here daddy's going to take away the quarantine it's going to be okay it's in those moments of silence that we desperately want to hear their voice and sometimes in our pain we just go silent mm-hmm. and I believe God wants to hear our prayers. He wants to hear our voice. He says, hey, come here. I want to make things good for you. I want to bring you comfort. I want to be your God. And in those moments, our prayer language of pain, lament is so important. As Christians, I think it's time for us to stop ignoring our pain and stop running from our pain and to start entering it with God. I want to share a quote that is really powerful. It says, Christian lament is not simply complaint. Yes, it stares clear-eyed at awfulness and even wonders if God has gone. Yet at its fullest, biblical lament expresses sorrow over losing a world that was once good alongside a belief that it can be made good again. Lament isn't giving up, it's giving over. When we lift up our sorrow and our pain, we turn it over to the only one who can meet it, our God. We turn over our pain to God, and in this coronavirus, yes, we lament over quarantine, racial injustice, financial insecurity, all of these very realities. And so we are expressing a spiritual ouch. Jesus wept over Jerusalem for coming destruction. And we can weep over our circumstances, yeah. our city, our state, our nation, our world as well. And that's why I'm so thankful for the spiritual tool of lament. So what does lament do for us as individuals?
1: Well, well, we wanted to make this easy for you to remember about what lament does and so we have a rhyme for you. We mm-hmm. rhyme a lot at our church yes, and it's we do. this, when pain lures us away, lament leads us to Yahweh. That's a good rhyme. It's a good Let's rhyme. high five on that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, pain often leads us to a mindset of self-preservation, yes. of isolation. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but sometimes your coping mechanisms that you don't even realize start mm-hmm. coming up and you start operating in a way that's really unhealthy because you're in pain. We don't even realize it. Remember uh, in Genesis when Adam and Eve sinned, what did they try to do? Well, they tried to hide from God and they were so ashamed. They were so embarrassed Mm -hmm. and sometimes when we're in pain, that's what we feel. We feel that shame. We feel like we don't want anybody to know what's going on or sometimes we just feel like, God, you've abandoned me. Mm -hmm. I've been praying for so long. I've been asking that things change for so long. remember in the scriptures when Lazarus died, the people said, Jesus, if you would have been here, Mm. Lazarus wouldn't have died. You weren't here. Or in the New Testament, in the boat with the disciples, Jesus was sleeping and a storm was coming. And the disciples said, Jesus, Jesus, don't you care about us? Mm. How could you possibly be sleeping at this time? Mm. Do you feel like that in your pain? Are you asking some of those really hard questions? You know, what lament does is, that instead of running away from God, it actually brings us toward Him. Mm. We don't have to remove ourselves from God in our pain, in our shame, in our embarrassment. In fact, lament helps us continue to connect with Him Mm. in that moment. You don't have to be afraid to go to God in your pain. He is there. He cares for you. He cares for us in this whole situation that we're all facing. This quote says, lament vocalizes the pain of the moment while believing that help is on the way. Lament gives us hope because it gives us a glimpse of truth. You know, in our pain, I believe that we can dig deeply into Jesus. Yes. We can go to him with our questions. Yeah. He's a safe place, Yes, a very safe safe place. And what I love about this quote, it says, help is on the way. Jesus is wanting you. He's inviting you to come to him in your pain through the avenue, the act of faith, of lamenting. We can trust in God. I remember this time when I was starting out on my own. I was a young adult. I moved to a completely different state with my very best friend. I got a job. We were so pumped to be in a new place. And I was like on top of the world. I was going to just come this adulting thing. And sure enough, I get there in three weeks. I hate my job. Can't go back another day. I quit my job. (laughs) Um, Very soon, I can't pay rent. And I'm like, oh man, what did I just do? I did not think that through. Anybody else quit their job and now you can't, you know? And I just did not uh, prepare very well for that situation. So I had to learn the hard way. And so I called my dad And I was like, Dad, and I was so embarrassed and I was ashamed. I called my dad and I just said, Dad, I'm so sorry, but could you loan me some money to pay rent? I did not, like, do this very well. And I'll never forget his response. He said to me, he said well, rent isn't an issue at all. Of course I'll pay rent for you. We're family, family takes care of one another. And then he said this to me, he said, you know what? I feel like we haven't talked in a while. Would you just tell me about how things are going? And I love hearing your voice. And I just thought to myself, wow, my dad didn't think rent was a big deal. I was so embarrassed, (laughs) I was so ashamed. But you know what, our heavenly father is so similar. You know, when we're in our pain, we can go to him and he says, I I wanna hear your voice. I'm so thankful you brought your pain to me. I'd love to help you. I'd love to be there for you, Mm. comfort you Mm -hmm. by the spirit of God. And I just love who God is and how He's saying that we can go to Him in our pain. There's another quote that I love here. Part of the practice of modest faith in times of suffering is relinquishing our right to answers. Mm -hmm. God has never promised to explain Himself, but He has promised to stay near. I will never leave, he says. I will never forsake. I am the friend that sticks closer than your brother. Do not think of me unmoved by your grief. These are the faithful assurances of God as we have them in Scripture. And here is even more hope available to those willing to search it out. Mm. You know, I love this quote because it admits that Christianity doesn't always give us the very specific answers that we're looking for in the time that we want them in the yeah. way that we yeah. want them but the reality is is that lament helps us channel our feelings yes. channel our pain channel our struggle mm-hmm. and the down darkness spiral that some of us are in right now. You know, every time I have given God my worst, Mm. He has given me
0: His best. Amen, amen. God is such a good comforter. And that brings us to our last point, and it's this. Lament is a great tool, but also lament is temporary. We know that blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Yeah. Even Jesus on the cross, Jesus lived a perfect life. He gave us an example of how to live. brought life and life abundantly when so many things the enemy was trying to steal, kill, and destroy from us. And even with all that, he ended up on the cross, dying for our sins, absorbing the pain, the hatred, the violence of the world upon himself. And on that cross, he said to God, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He shared a vulnerable, very real lament that was quoting the psalmist. And I, I love that he could express that. He could use the prayer language of pain. But we know the end of the story. And we know that as he issued that lament, it doesn't end without hope. It ends with hope. The lament of Good Friday was answered three days later with the empty tomb. The greatest injustice in history became the greatest display of divine mercy. Tragedy became triumph. Lament was the voice in between. And lament tapped into the reality that we know We might be in a Friday, but Sunday is coming and that Jesus conquers death. He conquers the grave. He wipes away every tear. He will put death to death and that the Holy Spirit will comfort us in our time of need. Lament is temporary because we have hope in Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, my family grew up in a nation called Sri Lanka, a tropical island paradise. And during a civil war, before I was born, my family found themselves in the midst of death around them on every side. They were given the opportunity to immigrate to America in the 1980s. And that immigration was a ticket out of that violence. And they ended up from Tropical Island Paradise in Minnesota in the wintertime, which you can imagine was quite an adjustment. Not only that, they didn't speak the language very well. Their education suddenly didn't count. They couldn't worship at the Hindu temple because there wasn't one. And in that time of tragedy and pain in their souls, they decided we're gonna end our lives as a family. We're gonna take our wife, Our child, my dad, said, we're going to jump off our bridge. And one day my dad was contemplating this plan. He was thinking it through on a bench in downtown Minneapolis. And a pastor saw him, saw something was wrong and leaned in and said, what's going on? What's happening with you? And my dad, instead of bottling up those feelings, instead of self-isolating and self-preservation, he decided to pour out what was really happening in his heart. And he shared. And the pastor said, I'm so sorry you're going through that, but I want to let you know, you don't have to go through that alone. In fact, why don't you live with me, my family, my wife, our three boys in our small trailer home, and we will show you love. And so my family moved in, and they heard the gospel, and they received the love of the gospel, and they decided, okay, we're not going to end our lives. We are going to live because of the love, the hope, found in Jesus Christ through the church. And even in that trailer park, my dis- my family, decided to have another child. And that's where I was first really (laughs) coming into existence. So I'm really happy for that story. But I, I just love how this story goes from someone going from not wanting to bottle up their feelings, but expressing it. Yeah. And because he expressed it, someone could help. Yeah. Someone could bring in love and hope and healing, could bring in healing from the past and hope for the future. And, and when we bring our lament to God, he's greater than any pastor. He's greater than any human. He can bring us restoration, hope, mm-hmm. comfort. Mm-hmm. He can bring us a future. And I just love that. And even a reality in Bellevue, the church is not fallen into despair that's right there are plenty of opportunities for us to do this we're here we're gathered for worship in the park digitally we're innovating we believe that we can bring hope that we can bring eternity into our reality that we can bring heaven into earth we're so proud of over 20 churches that have chosen to gather even for worship in the park right now over 20 churches decided to provide over 20 thousand meals in this time of quarantine to families in need with the Jubilee Reach Grocery Outreach. So proud of that and churches are stepping up. People are still preaching the gospel online. People are still finding hope in Jesus Christ. People are still finding a second chance through the gospel. And I love that there is still hope even in quarantine. There's still hope even as the world is wondering where can we find hope. Even as the world is divided, we know we have a united church in jesus christ amen and there is hope there is hope so our pain is real yes but our pain is temporary because of the victory of jesus christ and the difference between people of faith and people without faith is we know the end of the story amen
1: amen amen Amen. Amen. Well, there's some things that we can do to get started in our journey Mm -hmm. of lamenting. I have another rhyme here for you today, and that is we need to start repenting for our lack of Lamenting. lamenting. Yes. <laughs> just forgot for a second. We need to start <laughs> repenting for our lack of lamenting. You know what happens when we repent? Repentance actually just means that we would change our course of action. Yeah. And so many of you, you may be sitting here today and you say, "You know what? I need to change my course of action with my pain, yes. with the struggle that I am facing." And so today we want to walk you through mm-hmm. a practical way to begin your journey of lamenting. We're actually going to go back to Psalm 13, which we started with here in this message. Psalm 13 is a great place to start because it actually walks us through. David is lamenting in all of this scripture and he does a few things. He turns to God. He brings his pain to him. He asks for help and then he chooses to trust. I'm going to walk you through this real quick. Psalm 13. First, David turns to God. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? Then he brings his pain to God. How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? And then he does something that can be hard for some of us. He asks for help. He asks God for help. Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death and my enemy will say, I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. And the last thing that David does, which we're encouraging, we're inviting you to do today. This is the destination of all laments. all roads lead here. And that is that David chose to trust God with his pain. Verse five, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for He has been good to me. Would you follow Psalm 13, the example of David, about bringing your pain, your lament to God, asking for help, choosing to trust? If we could say something to you today, it would be that God loves you. He'll meet you in that moment. He will not abandon you. He'll not walk away from you. He will be there. He's inviting you into that place. So I invite you, church, to spend some time this week lamenting. Start at Psalm 13. Allow God to touch your heart.
0: Amen. So today we are unified in our pain, our raw real and vulnerable prayers of lament to god he loves us he takes care of us and we know that things are not as they ought to be but we know that our hope is in the victory of jesus christ and so why don't we pray a prayer of lament right now as we close dear father we are in awe of you we worship you we love you but to be honest we are very sick of the coronavirus. We don't like what it's doing to our our families, to our cities. And Lord, we don't know exactly what to do, how to handle this. And so we we turn to you and Lord, we we ask for help. Would you would you heal our land? Would you help our families? Would you help our churches? Would you give us wisdom and discernment and how to navigate this? So Lord, we will place our trust in you with all of our feelings of sadness the sickness in our family, the anger we're feeling. Lord, we place these all into your hands because we know you can handle it, and you are the only one we can find true hope in. And so, Lord, we bring you our hearts, we bring you our souls, we bring you our minds, we bring you all of our strength, and we choose to worship you even in the midst of all of this uncertainty. We pray, in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Well, thank you for joining us today for this amazing Worship in the Park celebration of who Jesus is, where we can be united as a church. And if you've never given your life to Jesus, we would love to give you an opportunity to get connected with a local church, have people that can help you walk through this journey. And so to do that, just text FOLLOW JESUS to the number on the screen so that we can start a relationship with you and help you navigate all of the reality of starting a relationship, a life-giving, hopeful relationship with Jesus Christ. Again, thank you for joining with us today. And we believe that God will take care of our city, our nation, and our world, and that the best is yet to come. Amen. Amen.